I'm Deontay Burden, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Uh, One week. One week, man. And hopefully we don't see a ton of the same play from Dennis Schroeder that we saw on Monday night, because that was miserable. Or any of them. <laughs> I thought Shea was okay. I thought Gallo was good. Like yeah, Gallo was-, was good. Shea, I mean, you would hope that, oh, CP3's out. He's going to run the offense a little bit more. This will be exciting. And he did a little bit, but he got zero assists, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily his fault because no one was really making anything. <laughs> yeah, do not blame but- that on his teammate, <laughs> on himself. It's on his teammates. I mean, geez. I mean, Baisley couldn't hit anything. You know, he played Ferguson. A fir- was over. God, he was over. It was bad. It was. They made scoring look like the most difficult task in the NBA. Which maybe it is. You know, <laughs> they're opening our eyes. Maybe so. Diallo played a lot, and he didn't shoot the ball well. Uh, it was a rough night. And Schroeder was one of ten in twenty-six minutes. Yeah, he was he was bad. He was really bad. And I think the main takeaway for a, a couple people, at least I saw down a dunk tweet, it was like, wow, like this is what it would be like if we were really going through a rebuild right now. Yeah. It was a little eye-opening. You know, it, it made me, and I was kind of prepped for it because I listened to you and Mikey on Monday, and you got that question about like ranking the young players by the end of next season. Yeah. And there were really only four young guys to talk about. Yep. And then I was on The Athletic and saw that Sam Vecini ranked OKC 21st out of 30 teams in terms of their rookie scale rankings. Uh-huh. So he's doing a ranking of like all the team's rookie scale players, which ostensibly, if you're a rebuilding team, you would want to rank highly on that. You would want to have a lot of rookie scale players. And it was just like a good reminder, like, oh, yeah, like we really haven't started rebuilding yet. I mean, we have a few young guys and and oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful we have SGA because at least we do have like one blue chip prospect. Yep. because we didn't have SGA, dude, I mean, yeah. listen, I like Baisley, Berg, <laughs> Berg and Diallo are, are something. But man, the SGA is really the only one that you feel like has a chance to be, like, really special. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe maybe Baisley. It's way too early. Um, but, yeah, that, that game and just all those things I just mentioned were just a good reminder that, like, ooh, this, we're a little earlier in this process than I, I thought. And, obviously, most of our young guys are those picks that are coming. Right. So, so they haven't really turned into anything. So we were still set up really well. We just don't have a lot of – amazing blue chip young talent yeah and and some of that's also like Danilo Gallinari like he's there playing but he's also you know a key to the future for the Thunder 
think Chris Paul is to a, a much smaller degree. Uh, and also missing Steven Adams the other day was big. True. Uh, because he is somebody that can score around the basket. He takes the attention of the defense in a way that Nerlens Noel just does not. Uh, he's a better passer. He's a better defender. He's, I mean, I think that it also showed the importance of him because if you just took him away and added Nerlens Noel, like Nerlens, he had that great highlight block. And a lot of people love to, to post that video, but there was a lot of other things that you would not want to post. Uh, from New Orleans that night, uh, and so he's he's. I think that he's kind of cementing himself as a backup center. This is was this year six for him. Like he's, I think New Orleans is just like he's a he's a backup. Like he's a high end backup at best. Well, the Dallas commentators were very complimentary to him, which I don't know why they would be. <laughs> you would think if anyone wouldn't be to New Orleans, it would be the Dallas commentators. But yeah, yeah. The, the most disappointing one though was. Ferguson. I mean, this is this is his third year, right? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like in that setting in preseason, you would just hope he would show out a little bit more than he did. Yeah, kind of disappointing in twenty five minutes. Yeah, it, he was very disappointing, and I, I don't think there's a lot to to take from a preseason game like that. You wish that he played better. I think he's a guy that's going to play better with Chris Paul on the floor. Uh, with better players on the floor. And also guys just have bad nights. Like Kyle Korver has nights where he misses everything. You know, especially when you're only taking threes, like you're gonna have nights where you miss everything. Uh and he's gonna have to learn to do some different things. And if he can learn to relocate a little bit better and learn to move without the ball some, because a lot of times it's just him waiting for a shot and then it's make or miss. And that's like that's how we judge whether he played well or not. And that's not enough. That's not enough for a guy that, I mean, he's got some significant hype around him. Um, and he, he did not live up to like any of it. And it made you like really pump, pump the brakes on him Yeah. the other night. It, but well, I think <laughs> I'm still very much like, wait and see, let's give him 20 games and let's see who he is kind of deal. And poor Mike Henry <laughs> gets his first preseason minutes. As far as I know, I don't. I haven't seen him before. Yeah, Play, plays two minutes and gets stuffed at the rim by the rim. <laughs> <laughs> that was just rough. The poor guy is. I mean, he's probably trying to make, if not make the league, at least like show out to someone so that someone is watching him and and picks him up. And that was all he did. Little little bit of inside info. Billy Donovan whispered into his ear before he went, and he said, make a play that describes this night. And then oh. he went and got stuffed by the rim. So it was on, he, was a sl- he was a sleeper agent. It was on purpose, yeah. Wow. Do yeah. You know, I wonder if he got that rebound, because it does say he got one rebound. Does that, I wonder if that rebound is from his own dunk. <laughs> I'd love to know. I'd love to contact somebody with the, at Dallas that was recording the stats. Oh, man. You know what's way more awesome than that game the other night is the Anatomy Wine Club. Uh, it's in the Plaza District. It's right around the corner from the Mule. It's an amazing place. We had our trivia night there the other night. Shout out to everybody that came. Uh, it's just a really cool place to come and hang out. Um, it's a fun party dive. They've got a ton of wine and beer and cocktails. They have a $4 beer and shot deal, which is a great deal. Uh, and they have this sports room that they just opened up. So if you have really any game 
they're going to be able to show it. Thunder game, NFL, uh, college football, college basketball, whatever it is, they have a really cool place for you to go hang out. Uh, they have a pool table in that room. They have darts in that room. They have all kinds of games going on. Um, so go check out the Anatomy Wine Club. Again, it's in the Plaza District near downtown OKC. Uh, just a super cool place to hang out. They've also got um, some appetizers and things like that. So it's it's a really good place if you're looking to meet somebody after work for a drink or you know on a, on a Friday night or Thursday night. Um, just to wind down, it's a really good place to go. So go check out the Anatomy Wine Club, and you can go to anatomywineokc.com. Okay, Alex, it's preseason. We got one more week. I think we preseason. I've prepared some preseason buzz notes for okay. you. Andrew. Okay, let's do it. Uh, so I, I stuck to the Western Conference. Um, basically, you know, there's a lot of been stuff that there's just a lot of stuff been going on in the NBA, and I feel like some things have gone under the radar mm-hmm. for for some of these teams. And so I went and read one article for every single Western Conference team, and tried to pick out something that I just didn't realize didn't realize was <laughs> happening. Andrew, maybe I could bring some knowledge to the folks out there, uh, get them a little bit smarter heading into the season. So the first is the Memphis Grizzlies. My little factoid about them, Andrew, do you know the name of their coach? I don't remember the name of their coach. Taylor Jenkins. <laughs> Never heard that name in my life. That just sounds like someone I went to high school with. Yeah, I thought I was like pretty up on NBA. Yeah. And I saw that name and I had never seen it before in my life. I also learned that Bruno Caboclo put on 18 pounds this summer. Because they're going to play him at center. Wow. Yeah, he's going to get a lot more minutes at center. How are they going to do that? I don't know. Although, uh, Valanciunas, who is dealing with foot soreness, he's been out. People are starting to get a little worried. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, But yeah, last year they played him mostly at the three and then a little four. And now they want to play him at the four and some five. Huh. So he's moving up in the world. He weighs 236 pounds, though. Like, are, they, getting, are they doing that because they don't think he's good on the perimeter? And they're like, oh, we got to find something to do with you. I don't know, because apparently their advanced stats from last year was best when he was at the small forward position. Yeah. Because he's so big. Yeah, that's weird. So, And he was actually worse at power forward. So I don't know what they're doing. But that's, that's some news and notes for you, Andrew. Okay. You didn't, didn't know it. The Mavericks, Dallas Mavericks, they installed a four-point line in their gym for all their off-season workouts. Wow. This was their way to encourage their players to space the floor more. So they had a three-point line. They had a four-point line. They're actually not the first team to do this. Philly was the first team to do this. They installed one three years ago Mm -hmm. in all of their practice courts. And then Atlanta and Brooklyn. So some smart teams there. So maybe we need to get on the four-point bandwagon. I think the Thunder have installed a one-point line, actually. <laughs> They're encouraging guys to get closer and closer to the basket. I guess it's true that you do have to have guys who can shoot before you can really worry about spacing. <laughs> it's a huge problem. I mean, you think about it, and you're like, oh, like Gallinari, Chris Paul can shoot it. You know, SGA can shoot it some. Ferguson can. And then, like, who else on the team can shoot? Mike Muscala can shoot. But... Like all those young guys and the 
guys that we think are young but aren't young guys like Nader and Burton. Man, it was so brutal. I'm just maybe I'm convinced that Abdul Nader is just the best fake shooter ever because like we I, we see it in practice, you hear about it, you're like oh man, like, he he's couldn't been miss so good, yeah, he couldn't miss all summer, and it's like okay, he he just maybe he's just not an in game shooter, I guess I don't know, but he he's been really bad. All that Nader hype is for naught. Well, maybe. They don't. These guys don't feel like they're being challenged enough. Maybe they think the three-point line. Why even bother? It's so close. I'll just go and get a layup. So we need to add a four-point line. Oh so that boy! They feel properly challenged. Okay, the New Orleans Pelicans. We all know Zion's been awesome this preseason. He's leading the Pelicans in total points scored, having scored seventy-one points over their three preseason games. But Andrew, who do you think is number two on the Pelicans in scoring? Oh, boy. Is it Naw? It's Naw, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Yes. 47 points in over three games, shooting 50% from three. The big talk in uh, Pelican's camp is how he's forced himself into the rotation, which is pretty impressive considering how many guards they have. They've got Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Josh Hart, Etwan Moore, Frank Jackson, and it sounds like he's already going to be getting at least some playing time when the season starts. How could he be getting minutes over the legendary Etwan Moore? Hey, <laughs> Etwan Moore would have helped significantly these past couple of years. We cannot disparage his name. I'm pretty sure we tried to trade for him in many fake trades. Hey, I would have taken him. I'm not trying to disparage him, but it's just when I listened to Dunked On, I, sw- I swear they talked about Etwan Moore in every episode. Well, they're going to have to move on to Gnaw because <laughs> Gnaw is moving up the charts. <laughs> oh. um, okay, the Rockets. Last year, during the regular season, the Rockets had a pace of 98.39, which was tied for the fourth slowest pace in the league. This preseason, they have played at a 111.6 pace, which is third fastest in the preseason. I think it would have been number one if it was during the regular season. But specifically, when Russ has been on the court, the Houston Rockets are playing with a pace of 119. Wow. Pretty crazy. I mean, they're almost getting 20 extra possessions just because Russ is there. Yeah, that's crazy. That's really fast. It is very fast. It's very different for them uh, because they have been one of the slowest teams pretty much ever since Chris Paul arrived. Yeah. And now they're going to be one of the fastest teams. I haven't even looked at the Thunder pace data. I would guess they're like middle of the pack. I don't, I, but I wonder if they've slowed down significantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so that's something to watch out for. So, the thing about fantasy, going to be a lot of points. Well, I, I you know, was we did our fantasy draft last night. We did of fantasy. And I was just sitting there. Drafting my players, I got got the first my first pick. I chose LeBron at pick seven, feeling pretty good, and then gets around to the second round, and I still just see Russ there. He's just sitting there, and nobody's taking him. People are just passing on Russ, passing on Russ, and I thought that I was a Russ hater, but I mean, I got him at a at a steal in the second round. I just couldn't believe it. 
And then what did you say to all of us later? That doesn't <laughs> matter. That doesn't matter. That does not and, matter. Andrew was already trying to trade him. That's not, I'm not, I can't confirm or deny whether that's true, but I'm just saying nobody else wanted to draft him. He would have probably gone undrafted. It, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Hey, but that, that's a good start. Like, if you were going to punt free throw percentage, uh, Russ and LeBron is a pretty good start. Be a pretty, no, I'm serious. That's, a, that's like a really good pairing. <laughs> oh, I don't know what I don't. I did not know what I was doing. So thanks for making me seem smart with, with punting something. But I'm just like, yeah, that's a good player. I like that guy. Well, I hated my team, so... <laughs> Uh, okay, next, the San Antonio Spurs couldn't find anything that interesting. All The only thing that's going on right now in Spurs land is that they are very excited. In fact, I would say they only care about whether or not they are getting Fiesta jerseys this season. <laughs> if you go on their Reddit page, half the posts are about Fiesta jerseys. There's people who have put up designs, people who think there might be leaks. Uh, they just came out with some activewear the Spurs did. That is Fiesta themed, so they think that might be hinting. Because I think they're still waiting for their city jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone's just really hoping it's Fiesta, and that's all they care about. I, I was expecting to go on their subreddit and read like all these posts about Dejounte Murray. Right, it was just all about Fiesta. Yeah, I mean, I get it. When your best players are Demar Derozan and Lamarcus Aldridge, like you've got to you got to drum up some interest elsewhere. That is true. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm excited about DeJounte. Yeah, I'm excited about him. I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, I, offensively, I still don't really know who he is or what, what, his, what his abilities are. And so I think that would be interesting. And my man Derek White. Like, why don't they want to talk about Derek White? I'd be, I mean, if Derek White was on the Thunder, we'd have a Derek White day. Like, Thursday would just be Derek White podcast day. You should uh, go on their subreddit. Start some new threads. <laughs> Get them talking about him. <laughs> I should. He's awesome. I like him a lot. Uh, you know what else I like a lot? What's that? That the mule is moving to Edmond. Not moving to Edmond. The mule is opening a new, a new place in Edmond. Uh, it will be in downtown Edmond, 16 South Broadway. They're working to be open by Thanksgiving. So if you're coming in, you've got people coming into town for Thanksgiving. Maybe you're coming into town for Thanksgiving. Back to OKC. And you want a place to go. Go to the Mule in Edmond. Again, that's 16 South Broadway. It's the same Mule as the Plaza. Uh, It's going to have the same food. I went there yesterday to the Mule. I had a BCLT, which is a delicious sandwich. I had some onion rings. It was just great. I sat out on the patio. It was just like the perfect lunch sitting out there eating a delicious Mule sandwich. So you've got to go check it out. They're going to have some Thunder Watch parties there at the Mule Edmond. Uh, So be on the lookout. Because the place is going to be amazing. Uh, If you've never been to the Mule, first of all, and you live in Oklahoma City, something might be wrong with you. And also, you you just need to go. You need to go. Uh, Go to the Mule. It's in the Plaza District, uh, and it's delicious. It's really like the it's like one of like the cornerstones of the Plaza. So you've got to go eat there first. But then just be on the lookout for the Mule in Edmond because it's coming and support the people. The support down to dunk. Okay, the Utah Jazz. Now, during the good years of Mike Conley's run in Memphis, so I'm counting the years they made the playoffs, which was 2010-2011 through the 2016-17 season, whatever that was, that was like six or seven straight playoffs. 
Who do you think was the best three-point shooter he played with? That Mike Conley played with? Yeah, in Memphis over that entire time. Oh, O.J. Mayo? Well, I put him in my top three, so I went through all those rosters looking for guys who took a decent amount of threes. Like, Uh honestly, I was looking for over, like, three and a half per game. Yeah, yeah. So my top three three three-point shooters that Mike Conley played with, O.J. Mayo at number three, 2011-2012, shot 36% on 4.2 attempts. Number two, Vince Carter in 16-17 at age 40, shot 38% on 4.1 attempts. And the number one was probably Troy Daniels, 16, 17, 39% on 5.3 attempts. The only reason I'm talking about this, oh, I should say the only other player to attempt at least four threes per game during that entire run, other than Mike Conley, was Matt Barnes in 1516, who shot 32% on 4.9 attempts. Wow. Now, fast forward to this season, the Jazz have three of their biggest rotation players who all attempted more than four threes per game last year, all on at least 36% shooting. He is playing with more shooting than he has ever played with. So Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, and and the Bone Dong. Like it, there's, they could put out a lineup with those three guys, plus Mike Conley, plus, uh, forgetting his name, center. <laughs> Say his name. Ed Davis? No! Gobert? Rudy Gobert. <laughs> <laughs> Ed Davis? <laughs> no, they could they could put I think that's gonna be their death lineup. They're gonna be Wait. so good. I, Joe Ingles at the four so and good. those other three guards, all four of them can hit threes. Yeah. And then you have Gobert in the center. I'm just excited for Mike Conley. Yeah. He's and, actually gonna have people to pass to. Yeah, and Conley's gonna be a good spot up shooter for Mitchell. I right, mean, exactly. Mitchell I, I Donovan Mitchell's gonna be awesome this year. And I think that Jazz team is gonna be very, very good. And I, I do worry a little bit about their defense taking a step back, but I feel like their offense is going to take a big of an, big enough step forward uh, that man. And they're going to be they're going to be churning, man. That's what they do. They just keep churning. They keep moving and they find good shots. I mean, remember they just they just killed the Thunder two years ago in the playoffs. And it was remember. because their offense just and that that was with Ricky Rubio. You know, re- Rubio. Re- replace him with Mike Conley. I mean, the, they was, the Thunder would have been sw- they would have gotten swept. <laughs> I mean, for real, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, poor Mello. <laughs> I don't want to think what they would have done to him. Poor Mello. <laughs> they basically ended his career the first time. I know, I know. You don't um, think there's okay. a chance Mello gets a job now? No, wouldn't it have happened? Did you hear Tass Mellis predicted that the uh, the Rockets would pick him up? Oh, why? <laughs> they, lost, take... they lost Gerald Green, man. Yeah, that's not a one-for-one. One. <laughs> I, I mean, if they want to take some of the heat away from what's going on right now with the Rockets, it would definitely get people talking about something else. Uh, it would. Gerald Green's kind of important to them, though, especially in the regular season. He is. Um, I, I do think that's a big loss for them. I, I, on the other hand, I have very high hopes for Daniel House. So I think he's going to slot right into some of those minutes. Did you take Daniel House in your in your on your fantasy team? Uh, no, I did consider it as my last pick, but there were some other guys I just had. For some reason, I took Matisse Tybel as my last pick. Okay, 
Yeah. He'll get some steals. That's kind of what I was thinking. He could be a high steals guy. Or high he, stealsman. Or he might not play. He might not. <laughs> and he's he is also a Sixers rookie, so he also might get deathly oh, ill or gosh, hurt. That's so true. Yeah, he doesn't stand a chance. That was a bad pick. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Wolves are taking 43s per game in the preseason, which ranks fourth among all teams in the preseason and would have ranked second last year behind only the Rockets. Of course, Gerson Rosas came from the Rockets. Yep. Last season, they averaged 28.7 threes per game, which was the fifth fewest in the league. So basically, people are just talking about how like the, the Wolves' identity is already shifting significantly. Now, they can't hit any of them. They don't <laughs> necessarily have any like amazing three-point shooters on their team. Uh, but they are taking them. And so it does seem like they're going down the uh, Rockets' road. That's cool. It's cool. It's something. Who is their best shooter? Uh, is it Towns? Yeah, it probably is Towns, actually. They have, I, I just don't know who else it would be. They played last night. I mean, Covington is going to take a lot. He'll take a lot. He's not a great shooter. No. Jeff Teague will take some. He's also yeah. not like amazing. Teague is Jake Lehman. Jake Lehman. Jake hey. Le- oh, yeah. Jake. He started for them. He did. Uh, yeah. um, that's about it. That's about it. But they got other guys taking them. Yeah. That's good, I think. Um, the Portland Trailblazers. I think the main thing to come away from their preseason is their championship aspirations. Of course, Dame brought it up at a uh, season ticket holder meeting that they were playing for a championship this year. Uh, Just reading some of the articles, like even the reporters, I was reading Jason Quick on The Athletic. He was saying he's more excited for this Blazers season than any other season. I don't know, Andrew. (laughs) I'm just saying people in Portland are very excited about this team, and I feel weird about it. That it's 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 too much. It it's, is, and I don't I don't see how it's that much different from going into previous years. I mean, I guess last year they were coming off that sweep in the playoffs, so yeah. that's why people were down on them. Uh, I feel like the opposite thing is happening right now. They had a very nice run in the playoffs, and so it's like, well, obviously we take the next step now. Yeah. Now, now you make it one step further and. Actually, two steps further. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. But that's what they're talking about. I don't want to hate on it, but I'm still very worried about their perimeter defense. Yeah. And who, like, Zach Collins plays the four. Like, he's not really a four. And there's, that is right. There's a lot of weird things with that team. I, I did not like their offseason. I still believe in Damon CJ, but I, I hated what they did in the offseason. Uh, I don't. I don't really get it. And like, where do you even put them? Like in the West. Like, I think Denver and Utah are better. I think the Clippers and Lakers are better. I think the Rockets are better. You know, like, uh, not all of those teams are going to get hurt. Yeah. So I just. I mean, I, I just don't. I don't know why you'd set yourself up for such an amazing failure. <laughs> I would agree. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> Uh, Sacramento Kings, they're in the middle of extension talks with the other Bone Dong and Buddy Heald. Now, uh, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich Mm -hmm. yesterday said that the Kings offered him a max contract extension. Now, for him, that means $51 over four years. But he has not signed it. He can become a restricted free agent at the end of the season. 
and potentially get a larger offer from someone else. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you have Buddy Heald, who has said recently that he is willing to take less than the max, but he doesn't want to be insulted. And so th- that's why do kind players of the- say that kind of stuff? Like, why in the world would you make that public? I'll take less want- than I'll take yeah, I'll take less than what you could potentially give me. Right. I, it doesn't make sense. And but but that's big for them because this is this is basically a position on the court. This is their shooting guard position. Mm-hmm. Neither guys of those guys are locked up long term yet, and they obviously would like to keep one or both of them. And so I'm just interested to see what happens. I. I kind of think you make the offer to Buddy Heald before the season starts because I can't imagine that the difference in what they're willing to offer and what he's willing to take is really that far off. Yeah, you got to lock him up. And then. And you're kind of constrained with Bogdan. He, like, he can't really do that much. No, he's got to wait. He's yeah, got to wait. You offer what you offer. But yeah, that'll just be interesting to watch. Otherwise, the Kings are looking good. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Golden State Warriors, theirs is interesting. So Marquise Chris, he's blowing up, Andrew. Yeah. Had 14 and 11, like four steals, had a bunch of blocks. And all the Warriors fans want them to keep Marquise Chris. Well, the only way they can really do that easily is by cutting the only non-guaranteed contract on the regular rotation, which is Alfonso McKinney. Oh. So they, they either have to trade a guaranteed contract away to open up a spot for Marquise Chris or they have to cut Alfonso McKinney, which if you've looked at their roster, he's one of the few people within like a, a range of heights that yeah. you would traditionally play at one of the forward positions. But that's how excited people are about Chris. They like don't even care that they would have to cut McKinney. And then at that point, like their small forward rotation, at least until Clay gets back, I don't even know what it is. Not that McKinney is even that good, but... Yeah, they kind of need him just to be a guy. To play that spot. And so, so I, I don't know. If Chris gets let go, we got to jump on that. <laughs> I, I would just, I'm just a little flabbergasted that people are falling for Marquise Chris preseason stuff. But well, remember how hyped people were for Marquise Chris with the Rockets? Like, yeah. oh man, you know, the, he's, look what he could do with, with the Rockets now that he's finally, he's with a, a great player like James Harden. This is going to be awesome. It's like, okay, well, he's just not good. Okay, and then the, and then they cut him. I just don't, I mean, he's putting up some stats in the preseason, but I'd probably rather have Alfonso McKinney on my roster and try to, you know, keep things together until Clay comes back than fall for some, some fake Marquise Chris stuff. Right. No, I agree, but... People, I mean, honestly, I was looking at his box scores. He just had this really one amazing game, but yeah, he has apparently been good throughout their preseason practices. So, uh, I have three left. Okay, do you have time? Let's fire through them. Phoenix Suns. Suns fans have been worried about Booker's play during the preseason. In his most recent game, he only took seven shots, only had eight points across twenty-five minutes. People are freaking out. In his three games, he's only shot the ball eight times, 16 times, and seven times. This is a guy who averaged almost 20 shots per game last year. Well, Monty Williams came out and said that they are purposely not running anything for Booker in the preseason because he wants the team to find their offense and not look to Booker to bail them out. He was quoted as saying, we needed to play off of him, away from him, but when we start to play for real, guys are going to have to learn how to play with him. So our package will change a little bit as we go forward. 
I just thought it was a weird quote. It's very confusing. I, I don't understand how you prepare guys to play with Devin Booker by having them not play with Devin Booker. <laughs> like, why would you purposely neuter Devin Booker in the preseason just to get your other guys like more confident or something? I don't know. I'm worried about the Suns. <laughs> Is he just screaming like, "Find yourselves!" from the sideline? Find yourself. Like, he must what? be. Like, what does that mean, coach? So that's something to keep an eye on going forward. Uh, the Denver Nuggets. The big question about the Nuggets this preseason is, is their depth a good problem or a bad problem, Andrew? Oh. They they currently have 12 players that fans think deserve minutes. The biggest crunch positions are shooting guard and small forward. Mm-hmm. Between those two positions, they've got Gary Harris, Malik Beasley, Will Barton, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Torrey Craig, and Michael Porter Jr. All of those guys wanting playing time, probably deserving playing time. I think the two big ones are Gary Harris versus Malik Beasley because Malik Beasley is going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year. They've already got Gary Harris signed up. And looking over the roster, they basically have – they arguably have eight guys who are in some form of a contract year. Yeah. Uh, With Jeremy Grant, Millsap and Plumlee, Wancho and Malik Beasley, Torrey Craig is going to be a restricted free agent. Uh, Even like Monty Morris and Jared Vanderbilt, two guys who I didn't even bring up, they're going to be eligible for extensions next year. So they just have a lot going on in these next few years. And when thinking about the China situation and if that does affect the uh, salary cap, I think Denver is going to be one of the teams that would be most affected. Because looking at their salary next year, they already have $95 million committed to just five players. Mm-hmm. Jokic, Murray, Harris, Barton, and Porter. So they've, they've got some crunching coming up, Andrew. And uh, now everyone's saying it's a good thing. Oh, it's a luxury to have this much depth. But we'll see, Andrew. They're we'll see. And they're gonna have to pay Jeremy next summer. Exactly. Yeah, they're gonna have to pay Jeremy probably at least fifteen million. Oh yeah, more, more than that. Uh, and I feel like they're due for like a consolidation trade. You know, they, I, everyone's been saying that, and it. After I was like starting to go over their roster even more and more, it's like yes, absolutely, they have to get rid of some of these guys. Yeah. All right, our last one, I combined them. The Lakers and the Clippers. What is the biggest news, Andrew? China. Brett da- no, Brett Dawson is leaving us. I know. It's He's huge. going off to Los Angeles. You know what I didn't like? I didn't like all those people saying, congrats, Brett. Congrats for what? He's just leaving us. He's just <laughs> leaving Oklahoma City to go to Los Angeles. What's so great about that? He's actually moving closer to you. That is true. So, <laughs> right down the street. Just right down. Right down the road. Uh, I mean, it's a huge, it's a huge move for Brett, and he gets to live in Los Angeles. I feel, and he's like he's the Anthony Davis guy. Like he has been. Like he covered Kentucky, he covered the Pelicans, and now he gets to cover Anthony Davis as a Laker. So I had forgotten about the Kentucky piece. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, I mean, he's been a Anthony Davis guy. I think he and Brett's really good. He's he's an amazing person. And so I will miss him, and I'm sad for me, but I'm happy for him because I mean, if you get to be in LA and you do the quality of work that he does, it's you know he's going to shine even more, which is pretty cool. Two years in a row, Andrew, the Dream Team has lost a member now. Yeah, we're gonna keep we're keeping Brett on, just FYI. Oh, okay. And he's going to stay and um, kind of be our LA correspondent because there's going to be lots of interesting things happening in L.A. 
Uh, and he said he's still going to watch the Thunder just because he's still just kind of interested to see what happens. So, but and I'm interested to see who gets that uh, athletic job. I know uh, Luke's obviously in the running, and uh, <laughs> it's we'll prob- have to see what we'll have to see what happens with that. It's probably Luke. <laughs> yeah, I know there's an announcement coming. Um, yeah, but I don't know when. Uh, okay, thanks for listening to our show. Uh, be sure to leave us a five star iTunes review if you got a chance. That means a lot to us. Uh, follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday. Bye.